Howdy, y'all, and welcome to Liberty Libations number 58. My name is Jake Green, joined as usual by Mr. Alden Hardy, Mr. Zane Placey, and Zach Varnell. What's everybody drinking tonight? Water. <laughs> dry, dry January for Alden, so he's, yeah. he's not drinking anything. But is it just like tap water, or you have something like fancy? I'm sure like it was tap water Alden somewhere that I... <laughs> yeah, paid for, but it's bubbles and it's lime. I don't know. Love it. Zane, what do you I got? I've actually had that brand before, and of all the flavored water, like most flavored water just tastes like hint of hint of lime or something. Or hint like of hint of next to a fruit truck at some point. But I think that yeah. kind of it, it like actually has fruit juice in it. So it's I, a little better. It's not just the ghost of lime. Yeah. <laughs> I've got um Firemaker Brewing Company American Wheat Beer. They, why are these names so long? That is just so such a mouthful. Come on. This All is, the good names are taken. I mean, it's just like bands these days. You can't just like be yeah. mean. You gotta be like, we're two door cinema club. Real yeah. long stuff. We are slap your grandmother hard with a wet chicken. So Grumpy's commenting <laughs> Rumble tonight, y'all. Um, apparently he doesn't like the setup on Rumble as much as he does on YouTube. Uh, yeah, Grumpy. Yeah. Sadly, I'm not in control of uh, how the comment section is on, on Rumble. But uh, there's a couple things I don't like about it. But you know what I do like is that there's not what did I say? 841 words that you can't say. So yeah. So Alden just informed me that there are eight a list of 841 words that you will get dinged for on YouTube. According to this one particular article, I don't know. Which is we're gonna say them all tonight. Surprising. Yeah, we're yeah. At some point, we're just going to set up a podcast where this we do two hours except say the word. yeah, and it'll take <laughs> two hours. Yeah, the list have gotten a lot longer since the seven words you can't say on television, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, but yeah, y'all, we are now able to bring in comments from Rumble, which is sweet. Welcome, Zach Brown yeah. already commented. Woo, Rumble. <laughs> um, so. Uh, I would highly encourage y'all to go over there and follow us on Rumble. Watch these streams on Rumble because that is uh, going to be the primary way that we use these podcasts in the future. Because at some I'm point, sure soon enough, yeah. At some point, yeah. we're not going to be on YouTube. We'll still be able to do Instagram and Facebook until until the day that we can't. So, and I'm sure that day will come as well. So, go over to Rumble and get in those comment sections. Tell us how dumb we are. We love that. Yes, we do. We've, we had that like two weeks ago. The guy wouldn't stop talking about how dumb we were. <laughs> I, I wouldn't stop talking back at him, which probably He's made it even worse. <laughs> probably did. Um, all right, y'all. We are, what is it? Oh, my gosh. It's next week. We are is it really? having our convention here in LP, Georgia, um, down in Conyers. Um, to get your tickets, you can go to lpgeorgia.com. It is the 26th through the 28th. Yeah, eight days from now. Wow, man, that got here quick. $85. Um, I, I'm not sure if there are rooms still available um, at the hotel that we, we blocked off, um, but we've got speakers like Spike Cohen, Shane Hazel, who might be coming on tonight, Adam Nutter, Tower Gang Pod, and um, the schedule is now live on, on the website. Um, let's see a lot of great events, a lot of great people speaking. We got range day with spike Cohen from 10 AM to 2 PM. I think there might be two tickets left grumpy. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, nope. Yep. Two tickets left. 
Um, then we have a meet and greet at the VFW lounge where everyone's welcome. Then we have dinner with Spike. By the way, <clears throat> that range day has been upgraded to range day with Spike and Chase Oliver. Oh, because he's going to be there. All so. right. How about that? I mean, he's a guest. He's paying to be there. So I feel a little bad, you know, marketing <laughs> off of him, but I don't think he would mind. <laughs> no, he paid, he paid for marketing. You know, it's just like him paying for a promotion. <laughs> um, let's see. Then on Saturday, we have You Are the Power, which is Spike Cohen's organization from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Shane Hazel speaking from 10 to 11. Elizabeth Gallimore from 11 to 12. Then we got lunch and then we got Spike Cohen um, from one to two, followed by a seven way presidential debate from 2.30 to 5 p.m. hosted by Brad Binkley and Clint Russell. Um, Clint Russell of uh, Liberty Lock Pod, right? That's his. Yep. And uh, Brad Binkley of Freedom Act Radio. Um, and then afterwards, Spin Room with the Tower Gang Pod. And then after that, we got friggin' live comedy show for Mr. Adam Nutter. Um, it's going to be fantastic. And then Sunday is the day that no one in the public wants to come to and no one in the LP actually wants to come to either, but we all have to. Go. Don't say things like that. <laughs> Some people love it. Uh, Not us. It's really too bad we couldn't schedule in a live Liberty Libations. I might, I might have a room going where we do some interviews that we then show on the podcast later on. We'll see how it goes. Um, At the last uh, convention then for, you know, a presidential year mm -hmm. that was happening all over the place. There were people there doing independent media. That's definitely encouraged. Show up, get interviews with the candidates, get interviews with, you know, different people in the party. There's going to be all sorts of people there with interesting things to say, and it'd be good content for your YouTube channel or for local news or whatever. Heck yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah, going to be great. There'll be people there with interesting things to say and a lot of other people. <laughs> <laughs> Zane, which category do you fall in? I'm not specifying. <laughs> good. Good self-awareness. <laughs> um all right well let's go to our first story of the night what is what do we got first zach <clears throat> one sec no worries i i'm not as uh all right so today is a sad day it marks the what is it eight year eight year anniversary of the shooting of daniel shaver um for those who don't know daniel shaver was shot in the hallway of a hotel while crawling on the ground, um, trying to obey the instructions of the cops who were very um, imprecise and confusing with how they were telling him to. There's video of it. You can watch the entire thing online. It's horrendous. The guy is weeping, begging them not to shoot him. Um, and crying for his parents, crying for his parents. And he reaches down to, pull up his pants, which are falling down as he's crawling, as he's scooting along the ground. And they say that he, they thought he was reaching for a gun, um, shot him dead almost instantly. And uh, later on, the cop was uh, acquitted. He was not convicted of, of manslaughter, um, which is absolutely absurd. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just one in a long line of, of terrible cop shootings. So I don't know. Alden, did yeah, you yeah. did you see that back in the day? Did you know that one? 
I had to brush up on it because the, the name was familiar and I had forgotten most of the details of it. And I forgot the, the whole original call about like the pellet rifle or something like that, that yeah. someone mistook for like, you know, a actual rifle or whatever. And so it started with misinformation on that. And then the, yeah, I forgot about the whole, like, I forgot so there was, was a video the for this there? you could see. Like, he, he was a pest control guy, right? So he yeah. had a pellet yeah. rifle and was just like showing somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And someone said and he was pointing it out the window, shooting, like acting like he was shooting things, which doesn't seem to be true at all. And also when he got, when he got raided, um, he was drunk because he was staying in a hotel and he was, what else do you do in a hotel? Exactly. And so like, <laughs> if the cops had just taken their time and not been deathly afraid of someone who maybe might have a gun, um, they would have, it would have been a much more peaceful ending to that. And one that wasn't just wrought with tragedy. I mean, dude's yeah. 26 years old. Uh, his, his parents settled with the city for $1.5 million. And uh, his wife settled with the city for $8 million. Um, which, you know, doesn't really, doesn't really help all that much in the long, like in the short. And obviously, no. it's none of the individuals in the government that are having to pay that out of their pocket. It's just either they're, if the city has liability insurance, or if not, they're going hat in hand to the taxpayers. So, I mean, it's glad that there was some recognition of wrongdoing, but even that's kind of an empty victory. Yeah, um, I was going to say. If you watch the video, um, it's. The cop is like having this guy play a twisted version of Simon Says and Red Light, Green Light, where he's like shouting at him, stop, go, get on the ground, get up, yes. put hands behind your head. And yeah. All these crazy things where, you know, people say, well, if you just obey the cop, then you won't have a problem. Well, try obeying a cop that's yelling contradictory orders at you while pointing a gun at you. And yeah. even, if you're you're stone cold, <laughs> yeah. even if you're stone cold sober, I highly doubt that most people could do that. And then later on, you know, if you're drunk, which this is America, you have a right to be drunk. If, if you're in your own hotel room, I mean. Yeah, but. You know, then you're then you're completely screwed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I would say you have a right to be drunk literally anywhere that's that's not on the, where you're not trespassing, as long as you're not hurting anybody else. Yeah. Um, Even well, then, the I, problem is I was that trying you're trespassing. To avoid, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was trying to avoid going into libertarian theory rabbit holes, but we can go there if you want. <laughs> Why are you avoiding going into what we're literally here to talk about? <laughs> Grumpy says, I like the idea of officers keeping their own liability insurance instead of taxpayers paying. Interesting. But then that, would, you, would you get a cop that would just pay it like out his butt for that insurance so that he could go around shooting people? <laughs> you couldn't would really have that because if if cops were required to have it, they would just demand to be paid more to cover right, it to balance it out which, or something i mean this is why like if you had private security ag agencies that were employing cops instead of the state that is actually what you would have where if a privately employed cop did something wrong then you know the company would have liability insurance and they would cover it in order right. to provide restitution to whoever was harmed that shouldn't have been but yeah. the key thing there is if you're a private company paying for insurance 
you actually care if your insurance premiums are high or low. That's like what if I was you, thinking. If you have like fire insurance for your company's building, you know, you might build it out of concrete and not out of wood to reduce your premium. This is, you know, if you take risk management classes in college like I did, you go over tons of ways that, you know, insurance companies work with other companies to train them up on, you know, how do we reduce losses so that everybody is, you know, having fewer losses and paying less in insurance premium. So actually yeah. a lot of, you know, society could be arranged with the help of insurance companies in the absence of a state, uh, with the idea being that an insurance company is really a concentration of people that have specialized knowledge in how do we prevent losses from happening. And because it's in their interest to, you know, if they're having to pay out fewer claims, then they're making more money and mm. people are having less interruptions and people are paying less in premium. And there's a lot of things that the government currently does that could be handled by, you know, these consortiums of. To Grumpy's point, um, he was just talking about, you know, the cops being, uh, you know, motivated to let someone go that's causing more trouble. Did this person that shot this guy we're talking about, did he, did he stay on the force? Like, cause he yeah. was acquitted or whatever. And yeah. Huh. Yeah. So I'm almost certain. Um, yeah. I don't One of the things I find most disgusting too is that on his gun, on his dust cover for his AR, he had like, I guess, a little sticker that said, get fucked. Oh, that's. I'm like, cute. I don't know. I just feel like if I had car insurance or any of this crap and I had a bumper sticker that said, like, I'm going to run you off the road. Yeah. That may be used <laughs> against me if I run somebody off the road. I mean, it, it's this like is well known days, in the insurance but... world that even if you have like a red car compared to other colors of car, you're going to pay a higher premium because people that buy red cars are usually higher risk drivers. So I, my, my point with my diatribe from before is that if you're a private company and care how much you're paying in premium, you'd probably take care not to hire people that are just going to sh shoot people in cold blood. Like this guy. Yeah. Where if you're the state, you couldn't give, you couldn't, you couldn't care less who you're employing because you're not personally on the hook for it. I take issue with the red car thing a little because when you're poor and you go to a used car lot, you get the car <laughs> that's fucking there, like that's in your price range. I got an orange car for 15 years and but I did your not orange want an car orange car. Your orange car was awesome. It like, was cool, it was but I didn't like. It was iconic, man. I'll always remember what kind that of car. car. It was a, a Honda Element. I had an orange square car nice. for a yeah. decade and a half, but like it's, I didn't like choose it. It was just that was the one that was there, you know. Like, it's just anyway. statistics, dog. Facts don't <laughs> care about your feelings. It's not my feelings. It's my wallet, man. Facts don't <laughs> okay, care about sounds. my money. Okay, so it turns out uh, Brailsford was actually fired um oh he was okay. late, later that month um citing several poli policy violations and unsatisfactory performance yeah I oh, really yeah. yeah he engraved yeah. his patrol rifle with the phrases you're fucked and malon labe a greek expression yeah. meaning come and take it which whatever it makes um, no sense from a cop yeah, you're literally a cop. Who's gonna? You're yeah, you're, you're the, the one, one who's gonna. Be, yes, exactly. You're gonna yeah. be the one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe those also were his been... instructions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He'd also been investigated for body slamming a teenager during an arrest. 
Um, and then four months after the shooting, the guy who was shouting the instructions to Shaver um, retired and immigrated to the Philippines. Hmm. Quite a move. Sound like a couple of great guys. Like... Yeah. Yeah. Um, it looks like Brailsford filed for bankruptcy in 2018, two years later. Um, and he's been working for a steel company in Glendale, Arizona. Yeah, which is still the easy way out. If any of us shot somebody like that, we'd be like bargaining for cigarettes right now in prison. So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean it's just it's wild, man. It's wild. Um, all right. Well, one thing I didn't, one link I didn't send to you, Zach. I'm going to go ahead and put up on the screen. Our next, unless somebody has something else to say about this topic, anybody want to continue on? Okay, cool. Um, this will be a short one. I just wanted to note that Trump basically dominated the Iowa caucus. Um, it was many, many interesting things. And we'll actually get to a quote from a clip from Trump later on in this episode. But um, anybody have any thoughts on, on what happened at, in Iowa this past week? I mean, people seem to be surprised by this, or at least some people are acting like it wasn't 100% expected. Yeah. It's like, wasn't this obvious to everyone that this was going to happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it was so clear in like so many of the polls that were taken of the Republican um, people running. He was winning by like, he had like 60 something percent support. It's like, like how is this shocking to anybody? Um, yeah, it, it blows my mind that people think that somehow he's going to lose the nomination. <laughs> I was watching Monday Night Football, and during halftime, they had a special report about Donald Trump winning. I'm like, boring. Back to the football, <laughs> please. Yeah, he won by a greater margin than any other Republican in a contested Iowa caucus ever. <laughs> Wow. But you know what the uh, takeaway from MSNBC was, was that over, almost 50% of Republicans didn't choose him. So it's like he still <laughs> won by over 50%, the greatest margin that any Republicans ever gotten in a contested Iowa caucus. And they're just like, well, almost half didn't like him. They chose well, somebody else. So, Right. What a silly framing. And yeah. I think like uh, Vivek dropped out before the actual voting correct like it was no, I did he, he drop out right after did he drop he out right got, after? he got eight percent i think which was actually pretty respectable it's not bad considering considering who he is and like how, yeah. how new he is yeah i think he took fourth okay that's not bad yeah. i mean I, I like him way more than anybody else in that party so uh, for being someone that i feel like most people didn't know his name until recently that's not bad no nobody did yeah i didn't until until he started running so well trump likes him now um they're yeah they're all ch chanting vp at uh a speech is there a talk of okay yeah how would I mean, you feel about that he's been he's been like jockeying for that position be, or for for something in Trump's administration, he's been defending Trump every step of the campaign. He's been mm. making sure that it is known he dis, which to be fair, I disagree with how they're treating Trump and trying to get him off the ballot too. But he he's the but, first. But you're one saying it's like it flattery a little bit so that he's considered. It's by probably Trump. it's over the top a little bit. Yeah, every, every yeah. now and then. I think that was the point of his run. Yeah, 
I mean, yeah. well, one of them. I'm sure he had multiple goals. You know, one of them, he got his message out there. I think he did a good job. Mm-hmm. But then another one is I think he wanted to audition for Trump's VP or at least something in the administration if Trump were to win again. Well, yeah, I, I kind of don't. Go ahead. I, I don't know how I feel about it. But I just don't want uh, Vivek's name to get, you know, like tarnished by being associated with Trump so much because I, I, I want to learn more from him. But like so far, I kind of like some of the things that he has to say as far as at least like, you know, a Republican nominee goes. And yeah, um, I feel like as soon as he gets into the the media meat grinder, if he's like on a ticket with Trump, then at least half of people will just never give him the chance that he may have deserved, you know? Yeah. But I think that was always going to be the case. Like, I don't know how, I don't know what the process would be to get people on the left to even consider somebody on the right. But that, I mean, that'd be a decades long process. Being with Trump is not the way, but I hear you that like, like, I don't know what it is. See, my, my thought is he, he, he wasn't running for president this term. Mm -hmm. I think he was running for president next term because trump has to be a one-term president now and so if he's his vp he is the next in line mm. um and so in eight in four years he's going to be the front runner mm-hmm. and i am pretty confident that that's what's going to happen that we're going to see a vivek 2028 which is going to be super interesting because um, he does listen yeah, to libertarians and he used to be a libertarian so he has some tendencies i did a whole episode on free georgia podcast about how what the things he gets wrong or like one of the things he got wrong about libertarianism and so he's not perfect Mm -hmm. um but uh, he does he does tend to speak um harsh truths (laughs) a lot which is yeah (laughs) i've seen that yeah yeah the appeal of vivek the entire time has been you know imagine if Trump had ever actually read a book. <laughs> like, imagine yeah. if you had somebody with the same, with a similar worldview as Trump, but actually had plans to get things accomplished instead of just showing up to the White House and having no idea what's going on and being <laughs> manipulated by his advisors at every turn. Yeah. No, that would be, that would be Vivek, yeah. Um, the difference... Well, what Grumpy brought up with, I guess, Nikki Haley or whatever being rumored as the front runner, like the difference in just how that, that ticket feels with the, the two of them um, is, I don't know how much it matters. Like when you have Trump as the main guy, you know, but I am not interested in Haley at all. But if you have someone just constantly begging and talking to you and like whispering in your ear, let's go to war. Like at some point that's just going to seep in. I don't know. She's a horrible human being. Um, yeah. Uh, that would be Not a, a fan. disastrous ticket. Uh, Brian says, if I have to try to predict Trump, I'm guessing Christy Nome. I would love Christy Nome. Oh, that'd be good. Dark she was the candidate. Yeah. She was the best, uh, best governor in 2020. Um, so yeah, huge fan of Christy Nome. Um, she, she brings up Bitcoin like when she talks every now and then she she wants to limit the Fed at the very least, maybe in the Fed. I don't know. I don't remember what she said about the Fed, but um, yeah, she's an interesting. I, I would love I would love that. That'd be a lot better than Nikki Haley. <laughs> Anything. A yeah. Paper well, bag would be better than Nikki Haley. I agree. Um, all right. 
what did, we got did next? you guys know that there was libertarian Iowa caucuses? No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there was. <laughs> That's unfortunate. But yeah, there was Iowa caucuses for libertarians too. I guess every county in Iowa had their libertarian affiliate hmm. conduct a caucus. It didn't look like it was huge, but it did happen. Also, there was, you know, like 18 feet of snow. So I don't know what that's yeah. like in Iowa, if that's normal for them or not. But I probably wouldn't have gone out <laughs> when it's a, you know, for the libertarians, it was a non-binding poll, basically, because everything we do is decided at conventions. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, it happened. People went and actually caucused for the different libertarian candidates and Chase Oliver won. So. Interesting. Okay. Huh. Yeah. I mean, he is the most he's been name campaigning a lot there. Yeah, and he has the yeah. most name recognition of any of the people running. Um, yeah, and he ran or he was at the Iowa Fair. Like this picture right here that we're seeing is him at the political soapbox. I think it's like the Des Moines Register, like the thing they sponsor and they do every year. It's supposed to be this big deal. I didn't know about it before last year, but I think he was the first libertarian to ever speak on the political soapbox and then wow. he's the first really? libertarian to win an Iowa caucus. Cause I think this is the first one. Well, okay. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, you gotta yeah. give it to him. He, he really hustles and he knows how to market himself. Like he, he does all that really well. Yeah. Um, so bravo. Yeah. And I, I just don't really follow other States liberty yeah. parties. There's right. enough, enough to do in this state that I can't keep track of others. <laughs> like I, I'm between this and Montana and that's about all I can, that's more than I can handle. So, mm -hmm. um, Oh, Grumpy says he got 40%, which is huge. Wow. Bravo. All right. Dang. So, yeah. Among, was it like six or seven? Seven. Yeah. Candidates. Yeah. So, that's that's, that's impressive. actually steep. Yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. So, if you want to go shoot guns with Chase Oliver, you can do so next Friday um, yeah. from 10 to 2. Uh, so, yeah. OPGeorgia.com slash spike. There we go. Um, all right. This next one. Uh, I, I specifically did it so I could hear Zane's thoughts on it, but uh, Alden um, and Zach will probably have some things to say about it too. So let's, let's play it. It is my estimation, and this is a controversial hypothesis, that capitalism has already ended. Suppose this was 1776 and we were in uh, London and we were having a discussion about the state of the world. Now, everywhere we looked in 1776, we would see feudalism. We would see feudalism in the House of Lords, in the House of Commons, in government, in every local council around the world, um, on the land. We would see peasants, we would see you know, aristocrats. And yet, we do know that, don't we? Already, feudalism had died and was being gradually but fast being replaced by something called capitalism. The magnificent shift of power from the owners of land to the owners of machinery of uh, steamships, of electrical grids later on, and the shift of wealth creation from rent accumulation to profit making. My view is that we are already experiencing a similar transformation. Wherever we look, we see capital. We see markets, we see capitalists doing extremely well. And yet I think that already we have undergone a transformation to something like feudalism, but a very technologically advanced version of it. Markets have been replaced by platforms. So Amazon.com is not a market. It looks like a market, but it's more like a digital fiefdom. Mm. 
All right. Zane, do you have any initial thoughts? <laughs> I wish I had watched this uh, clip before coming on the show because there's a, there's lots to go through here. I yeah. guess, like, I, I was getting ready to be all really mad because I thought that he was going to be saying capitalism is ending and that's really awesome. But what he's really just making a historical case about what is happening rather than what should happen yeah. or what's mm -hmm. good or bad. And I mean, I hope that we're not transitioning away from capitalism, but I can understand where he's coming from. I think that he misdiagnosed the problem there at the end. Okay. Where instead of thinking about government power or government power in relation to large corporations in that kind of nexus where they're both cooperating, but it, you could say that it was kind of like corporate fascism. Instead of going there, and it was a short clip, and it seemed like it was going to continue, so maybe he did get there eventually. Yeah. But his his idea of Amazon not being a market, I think that that it displays a common tendency of people to see a very large corporation or a, a monopoly and believe that that means that there is it's a completely immune from competitive forces when actually it's not it's subject to the same competitive forces that everybody else in the market is it's just that they're doing something that nobody else can do like the reason why amazon is so big is because everybody likes buying stuff off of amazon because it's you can't beat free shipping you know whenever <laughs> i have to pay for shipping now i get really angry because i'm so accustomed to getting free shipping and that's something that real that everybody else in the uh, who is a retailer has had to come around on because amazon was able to do it so well mm -hmm. and you know 20 years ago amazon was you know I don't remember exactly when it was founded, but it was like selling books and that was the mm -hmm. only thing that it did. Yeah. And, you know, it came in and disrupted an industry that 20 years ago there were big players and I'm sure somebody could have pointed 20 years ago and said, oh, Barnes and Noble is a huge corporation. It's more, you can't say that Barnes and Noble operates in a market. It's really a fiefdom. But obviously that's a ridiculous take. And in 20 years from now, I would not be surprised if something else came along and dislodged Amazon from its position. It's not that there's something inherent about what Amazon does that makes it immune to competition. It's just that at this point of, in time, it's doing what it does so well that everybody wants to use it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I found it be very interesting thought. I liked that he didn't like what you were saying, didn't take a position of this is a good thing. He would, he just was trying to follow a trend in history and kind of relate it to today, um, which is interesting. I also found it interesting that he like thought it was going to like a digital style of feudalism, which is a, a weird to me. That just seems like a weird transition to go back to an old system within a brand new like style of technology. I mean, um, everything goes through cycles basically. <clears throat> Anyway, yeah. whether it's fashion and we make that joke all the time or like Plato talked about, you know, the cycle of governments and, you know, you go from like totalitarian kind of dictatorship and then you go into like democracy where you get people are tired of that and then they want to vote for people. And then eventually he says you vote for a very totalitarian type person, mm. according to him, and then you end up starting kind of from the top of the wheel again or whatever. 
Right. Right. Um, and in this case, like I've made the joke kind of before where I'm like, we're just peasants with cell phones, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> to appease the masses. So we don't get our pitchforks out because we're just like distracted all the time or whatever, but I've never made the actual like fiefdom remark, but yeah. Yeah. I guess the claim would be that Amazon has some kind of power or control over everyone who has Amazon prime, but I, I mean, I guess if you really wanted to get really philosophical, you could make that argument. But Amazon doesn't have power over me. I'm the one who controls whether I'm subscribed to Amazon Prime or not. The way that large corporations get power over me is by getting in cahoots with the state. And a lot well, of times you see big corporations doing that. But Amazon, just by itself, might you know, control a lot of the market, but mm -hmm. that's only because all of the consumers have all decided that we're going to patronize them. And through all of those decisions, that's how it gets its place in the market. Well, yeah. And not to mention like Amazon isn't the one that sells all of these products. Like it's a bunch of smaller businesses that put their products on Amazon um, voluntarily. So, right. Like that's where like the platform thing kind of comes in more. Yeah. Like is that they do have their own products both. now. Kind of. That's, that's been one of, kind of. That's been one of the basic. big complaints about them is that like, let's say you sell like a budget computer mouse and that right. you're just killing it in sales. Amazon will see that and be like, well, we could easily make our own cheaper. So we'll make our own and screw yeah. this guy out of whatever. I mean, yeah. that's, competition they use that's what happens but the metadata and the analytics to like see where the easiest money is to be made and then they will push out the competitors yeah, yeah. they have done that but they've also like made deals with some brands that basically say we're going to put our label on this and pay you for it and those oh really agree. so some of the amazon basic stuff is some is of the amazon basic stuff produced, is somebody like... else's products so it's not all produced okay. by amazon they just slap their name on it um to make it seem like that and grow their how much also, does anyone a lot know of more of amazon try to have it both ways where people complain about price gouging but then when amazon actually introduces cheaper products then they'll get mad at amazon for driving it's out too the cheap competition. it's like <laughs> yeah. what you can only hold one of those two positions. <laughs> I don't know if it's still the case, but for years they weren't making a profit. Like they were losing money on purpose. Like they had tons of venture mm. capital money and they were losing money knowing that nobody could compete with them so that when those people are no longer competing with them, they can then raise their prices if they need to. Right. That doesn't work. That's been disproven so many so times. So many times. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So I guess well, the... Th it doesn't work without government's help, it seems like. Go. And yeah. Amazon seems to have had it plenty of times. It no especially during COVID, when you know, like Bob's furniture store down the street where three people might be inside the building, they weren't allowed to be open, but you could yeah. order a couch off Amazon or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's yeah. actually a really good point because that's like the biggest gift to Amazon that you could possibly give is yeah, forbid yeah. everyone from shopping anywhere else besides Amazon. But yep. on the other hand, I can't really blame it unless it comes out that Amazon was like lobbying for lockdowns, which honestly I would not be surprised if they were, but I can't really blame them for making a big to. profit off of it because if we're stipulating that we lived in a world that had lockdowns, I would prefer that people be able to buy stuff off of Amazon than not mm -hmm. be able to buy anything at all. 
Yeah, fair. It's like a lot of people at the time were talking about, oh, we need to enact an excess profits tax because Amazon has been making too much money because <laughs> everybody has been shopping there during lockdown. It's like, well, first of all, if you really thought that, you should have let all the other stores be open. But yes. second of all, yeah. again, assuming that Amazon wasn't, you know, lobbying for the lockdowns, which I don't, maybe they were, but you know, they were. I'm sure they had people working overtime and bending over backwards to meet the increased demand. So I'm not going to get in a tizzy about them making excess profits because that's exactly <clears throat> what a company is supposed to do. Yeah. Well, and then when you're handed a situation to make the profits by a decision in government, and then this tax would be another decision by government, you know what I mean? It's like if you just remove it from the beginning of this chain of horrible failed decisions, then, you know, we wouldn't have to keep just like, well, let's let governments solve this problem that it caused in a domino effect for fucking years. Right. I'm really tired of that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, so I don't know. What's the verdict? Do we think capitalism is dying, Zane? I hope not. <laughs> I think we don't have capitalism I the agree. same way that we think in a purest sense. I don't think we have capital. I think capitalism has been interwoven with other types of things, like with the state in general. And I don't think that it's, it's fair to say capitalism is dying. Capitalism, that kind of yeah, thing. yeah. I don't think yeah, that I mean, we have a pure capitalism as much as I'd you know, prefer to see that over what we have, but... Yeah. We have, we've anyway. had a mixed economy for over 100 years at this point. Yeah. But, you know, it's important to remember that, you know, every step towards capitalism or every element of that that we still have is what provides us prosperity. And every step towards socialism is what provides degradation and despair. And the fact that we still have anything good at all, I would say, is evidence that capitalism is not completely departed. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, all right, y'all. It's that time. All freaking right. Fat rat unity plan. Our music. There we go. Humongous fungus. Humongous fungus is the final uh, <laughs> libations trivia. Our categories this, this week are this day in history, cold snap, and humongous fungus. Um, the rules are everybody knows the rules, but skip this. Audience, you're allowed to participate. Um, y'all are on a delay, sadly, but if y'all end up getting the question right before our guys do, then you can point. You win. Um, Let's see. Four boys is one twice, and no one else has one. Okay, round. Your audio is kind of weird. Yeah, it's glitching in and out. There is no reason why this should happen every time, but whatever reason it does, whenever we when we trivia, go to trivia, yeah. Is it better now? Yeah, it's better. What do you What do you do to fix it? I literally hit the power button on my mic twice. <laughs> Turn it on and off and on again. Yeah, yeah it's like it's the like IT classic, crowd. Like. Classic trick. <laughs> yeah. All right. Question number one. On this day in 1778, who became the first European to travel to the Hawaiian Islands? Zane. James Cook. 
James Cook ah, nice. is freaking correct, and we're off to a terrible name start. A single European. <laughs> <laughs> What's a European? <laughs> On this day in 1975, which singer had his first number one pop hit titled Mandy? Mandy? 1975. Captain James Cook. <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect. I feel like the it was a banger. This one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the song. Can you repeat Mandy. the question. On this day, in 1975, which singer had his first number one pop hit titled "Mandy"? Prince. Nope. Alden. I mean, in the 70s. Yeah. I don't know a song named "Mandy." A solo <laughs> artist. Yeah, solo artist. I mean, I have no idea. And even the audience isn't getting it. I'm not good with song names, honestly. It's not a song name. It's oh, it's an artist. Yeah, I got oh, you. Oh yeah. But, no, Mandy. I mean, like, I'm not good at recognizing song names. Like, yeah, gotcha. I just like I'm, pick the I'm album. I'm not good at recognizing on. decades. I don't even yeah. know. Like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like, what is that? Yeah. All right. The answer is. Barry Manilow. Oh, okay. Yeah, not really into Elvis Costello is not that old. Some quack. <laughs> All right. Next question. On this day in 1950, China recognizes which nation and agrees to assist them militarily? Zane. Cuba. Incorrect. Zach. Mm -hmm. Iran. Incorrect. All the sure they were already you. recognized. Do you say recognizes them? And recognizes which nation and agrees to assist them militarily oh man i mean taiwan incorrect yeah oh. no Zach. burma no zane north korea incorrect also somebody chimed in before we answered i'm gonna give it to the audience barry manilow yeah that's perfectly <clears throat> fine yeah alden south korea no <laughs> No. <laughs> audience gets it again it dang it vietnam was, i was gonna say that and then i was like let me make a joke out of it like technically oh, speaking the democratic republic of vietnam uh, but yes. i'll give it i'll give it to you brian bravo all right dang it i shouldn't That's have tried to be funny <laughs> Question number four. On this day in 1985, which famous directing duo released their debut film, Blood Simple? Zach. Crap. Whoever made The Matrix? <laughs> the Kurjinsky brothers? In incorrect. Zane. Though, what house? Well, I guess if we are want to be really politically correct and not be thrown off YouTube, we should really say the Wachowski sisters, but it was... The the Wachowski brothers at the time. Correct. Alden. The Cohen sisters. I'm kidding. Brothers. I'm giving it to audience and Alden. Um, I've been people. waving my hand the whole time. I just I, like. I know. I know. The audience chimed in. Two of two people chimed in. in the audience Oh, okay. Before. I don't uh, know who those are. Is that Spike Cohen and his brother? What? Joel, <laughs> Joel and Ethan Cohen? No, no Country for Old Men? Yeah. Burn you After Reading? I've seen it. Do you uh, know there's no in. music? in the whole movie of no country for old men dude of course i know there's no music i did not i'm not talking to you it, by the way <laughs> what's you that didn't like that movie 
No. Oh my God! There's something missing. Go There's an organ missing at all. Go back and watch yeah. it. Yeah. Have you no. seen Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Okay, I did like Fantastic. that. That's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. Coen Brothers. Fantastic. Yeah. Go watch Burn After Reading. You'll lose your daggone mind. That sh movie is so stinking fun. I don't want Fops, goddammit. I'm a Dapper Dan man. <laughs> so good. All right. Question number five. On this day in 1871 in Europe, which empire was established? Alden. The German Empire. German Empire is correct. Oh, nice. Bravo. On this day in 2002, the civil war inside which African country ended? Zach. Oh, crap. Uh, this is where we just name every African nation except the right one again. We always do this. Yeah, I lost it. Right, I never had I it. Lost it. it. <laughs> I lost it. Uh, uh, I got it again. Incorrect. Zach. Sudan. No, Alden. Dang it. The Ivory Coast. This is so good. Incorrect. Zach. Sierra Leone. Sierra Leone. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. That was very far down the list job, of guesses. I had a friend from Sierra Leone, so okay. that's oh, the nice. only other one. Did you phone them? To... Is that your phone a friend? <laughs> yeah. On this day in 1986, what national holiday was celebrated for the very first time? Zane. MLK Day. Yeah. Not a hard one considering we just had it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Question number eight. On this day in 1943, what everyday household good was banned by the USA during World War II? Zach. Um, crap, gold. Incorrect. Zane. Nylon. Incorrect. Alden? Is this the bread, the sliced bread thing? It's pre-sliced. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> How did you know that? It's because it's wild. Like that's it, once yeah. you learn that fact, it's hard to forget that one. Yeah, because I don't know if anybody's noticed bags or whatever. Like, and they were running short uh... of everything. But what were you saying? My like... new strategy is to just try to be faster than Zane. But that <laughs> yeah means yeah. that I often do not know the answer <laughs> whatsoever. Well, it's working. You got the last hard. one. It just took you two times. Like. Um, wait, did you get the last one? Well, he got the Sierra Leone one, but oh, yeah, I gave that to Zane. Whoops, my bad. It's, I mean, that's it's understandable. Just a force of habit. Yeah, <laughs> my bad, my bad. There's two Z's. Um, on this day in 1911, Eugene Eli performed what military maneuver on the battleship Pennsylvania for the first time? Zach, a flank. <laughs> Alden, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was hilarious. All oh my god, I love trivia. Um, landing a plane on a ship or something. Landing yeah. on the flight deck. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I but I love a flank. <laughs> I love the flank. He, they flanked him. Yeah, that's great. Oh man, on never been done before. <laughs> <laughs> on this day in 1886, England formalized a modern version of what sport that had already been played in ancient times? Zane. Soccer. Incorrect. Zach. Uh, cricket. No. Alden. Damn. Football. Nope. <laughs> the other name for soccer. It's back open to the floor. Zach golf 
No, Zane. That was invented in Scotland, I think. Well, uh, maybe England perfected it. Boxing? I don't know. Nope. Alden, it's to you, and then I'll give it's it a It's a hint. sport, a physical sport? Wrestling, I don't know. It's a sport? Incorrect. Um, the hint is... Uh... There are six players on each side of, of the Alden. Hockey. <laughs> Hockey is correct. Is it really? Isn't that wild? Wow. Right. Freaking England. I just used six and Hockey. I was like, it's got to be my only thing that I knew was hockey. So yeah, it's, I mean, that's crazy. I, I would not have thought that that was right. No, I, I would not have either. All right. After one round, Alden has five. Audience has three. Zane has two. Zach has one. Oh, my God. The audience is beating Zane. The audience is beating Zane, and Zane's not in the audience. Oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> or a, is he? What a great day. <laughs> yeah. Are you some quack, Zane? Are you sitting there trying to get <laughs> some answers? <laughs> <these things? laughs> All he's right. All at once. He's what? He's he's all the participants. He's everybody in chat. Gosh, that's how busy Zane is. Zach and Alden just weren't good enough competition, so I had to start making my own. <laughs> <laughs> all right. These are questions all about cold places and cold times. I thought you were gonna say cold play. Like they're all cold play questions. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Yellow yeah. clock. Uh, <laughs> stars. <laughs> all right. Question number one. What is the coldest inhabited place on Earth where temperatures can drop below 90 degrees Fahrenheit? I think that was Zane. Wait, did you say coldest inhabited? Coldest inhabited place on Earth. Okay, because the definition of inhabited is a little bit squirrely. But if you're just talking about the coldest place where people are, then that would be the the research base at the very south pole which i think is the amundsen scott research station all right well that's not what my research gave me um and that's actually not the answer to any question in this whole section protest <laughs> alden siberia i'm gonna give it to you. tanguska or whatever oymyak on siberia in russia yeah, my guess is going to be Russia. Yeah. That's a little more general. Negative 90 <laughs> degrees Fahrenheit, y'all. Nothing. Um, all right. I mean, Antarctica, the deal with Antarctica is it's not anybody's country. It's not inhabited, technically. There's nobody that lives there full time. Which is weird. It has, it has no permanent residence, which is why I gave that entire preamble about what is the definition of inhabited. Yeah, which I would say Antarctica is not inhabited because no one stays there for longer than a couple months. You're like not allowed to go there. Yeah, no, it's Antarctica is a weird, weird anyway. place. There's weird things there. All right. Nephilim. No. Yeah. <laughs> is that one of the, the 840 words. words you're not allowed to say? We're yeah. going to get banned. Yeah, we just got dinged again. Yeah. Oh, Brian, you. I think you spelled it right, Brian. Yakutsk. Yakutsk. I think that's how you spell it. Good job. I used to always, that was my favorite spot on the map and risk. to have in risk. Yeah. Yes. I, I just think of, anytime I think of Siberia, I think of Yakutsk. I used to like freak out as a kid when I would get that and Alaska and could be able to like go across the right. Bering Strait or whatever. Yeah. This is a numbers question. 
Antarctica is home to the coldest recorded temperature on Earth. What was the lowest temperature ever recorded on the continent? Zach. Negative 120 Fahrenheit. Okay, Zane. I'll go with uh, minus a hundo. <laughs> I'll go. I, I should just go like one higher than or lower than Zach. So, but I'll, I'll go negative <laughs> 140 Fahrenheit. Zach gets it. Negative. Dang it. I should have just went the 121. Six degrees. <laughs> but you would have had to decide between 121 and 119. So, yeah. Still a chance. Yep. All right. Question number three. What is the name of the Russian research station in Antarctica where the lowest temperature ever recorded on Earth was measured? Alden. Vodka. <laughs> Incorrect. Damn Zach. So um, sure. Pierogies. <laughs> no. That's Polish. I was going to say it's not even the same. Polish. See, my problem here is that I've spent all my time thinking of an actual answer, but then audience got it. Vosto. Whoa! <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, it's Steven. Bravo, Steven yeah. Hilton. Getting one for the audience. That's what I said, Vostok. I just had a I just had something in my throat yeah, when, when I said When you it. started with a V, I was like, oh my gosh, is he gonna get this? No. Um, all right. Steven would have been here and blown our minds. Yeah, seriously. Who, by um, the way, he's out because he has a new baby. New baby. Yeah. Everybody wish him well. Congrats. Um, Brian says, when do we get to the trivia section on The Thing? I can probably yeah, there you go. do that one probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but right. John Carpenter's, I don't know the new one well or the, or the old one, actually. Good job. Thank you for that tidbit. Yeah. <laughs> Question number four. The ice-covered plateau of East Antarctica contains some of the coldest places on Earth. What is the average thickness of the ice in this region? Another numbers one. Alden. Two miles. Okay, Zach. One mile. Zane. 0.99 miles. <laughs> <laughs> he saw how that last one went. Yeah. Zach gets it again. It. All right. Wait a second. Man, Zach, Zach what would you have said I, I before I said I, two miles? Hang on, hang on. I, I was always I planning giving, to say one mile. Oh, okay. I keep, I keep giving somebody else's, Zach's points to somebody else. Alden, how many have you gotten right this round? Oh, I don't know. One? I think few. One. This round? Oh. oh. A... Zane, have you gotten any mm -hmm. right this round? Unfortunately not. We'll have to go back and retroactively to declare Zane. a winner. All right. My bad, y'all. My bad. Um, I'll be better. What is Zach? Change your name. Come on, it's an. It, this is an inconvenience. Is Feel free to call me Zach. <laughs> Sorry, Jay. Go ahead. This is a two-parter. Um, you can get one or the other. Um, one is a numbers okay. thing, and one is uh, uh, not a place. Yeah. What is the coldest temperature ever recorded in the United States, and where did it occur? Let's do the number thing first. Okay, okay. Alden, what's your pick? I think. If it matters, Zane beat me, but... All right, Zane, what's your pick? Minus 80. Okay. Alden? Minus 70. Zach? What did Zane say? Minus 80. I uh, heard minus 8, and I'm like, wow, he's really bad at this one. <laughs> <laughs> he's lived in Florida his whole life or something. Uh, minus 80? 
I don't know. I mean, I feel like I could be a jerk to Zane because he just did it to me, and I'll just say minus 81. All right, well, Zane nailed it. It's minus 80. Wow. Dang it. <laughs> That's insane. So Zane gets that point. And uh, where's the town that it happened in? Zane. I'll say um, Barrow. Where's that? In Alaska. Or northern Alaska. Uh-huh. Zach? Dead Horse, Alaska. Alden? Is, is that a real place in Alaska? It's I mean, the, of course it is. Yeah, both of, both of y'all so. are in, both of y'all are incorrect. My bad, I forgot we were doing the thing. Uh, Alden, um, a town. Yeah. I have to know the town. Yeah, I don't know Maybe. a lot of town. Haynes. I don't know a lot of towns. Um, I, I'll give you a hint because the town is tough. Um, the first word of the town would have something to do with gold miners. Hmm. Zach. And Handler's Junction. No, <laughs> but I love that guess. Zane. <laughs> Prospect Point. I'm giving it to you. Prospect nice. Creek is the, is the nice. actual place. <laughs> Bravo. All right. After two rounds alden has seven audience and zatch are tied at five and zane has four so zane can still win game technically zane can still win y'all so here's how i can still win <laughs> <laughs> all right question number one of round three worth three points what is the primary purpose of the mushroom cap in the life cycle of a fungus zane to spread the spores. I freaking got it. Yeah. He's already caught up. <laughs> Dang it, too. I just, I should have just like been like, as soon as you started talking, just because I, anyway. So we got to beat Zane, you know. Known for their fruity aroma, what is the name of the yellow orange mushroom? Zach. Chantrail. Chantrail. Nice. Nice. Correct. Lots of them on my property. Night. Oh, really? Dude, yeah, those things I are a ton so of them. good. Gosh, They're very good. Love those. They're very expensive. Yeah, but not if you get them in the wild. Um, that's actually the only place to that you can't grow them. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you you can't, can't grow them they out of the wild. You have to harvest them. Yeah. By the way, yeah. Friendly, <laughs> friendly reminder that mushrooms are not food. Shut your mouth, Brian. Mushrooms <laughs> are definitely <aliens>. food. <laughs> mushrooms are alien species. I'm okay Every with Every time just you eat aliens. mushrooms, it's okay. genocide. Yeah. Still food. I can live with that. <laughs> All so right. Whoever whoever gets this wins, and I think that includes the audience. Wow. If the audience gets it, they tie with Zatch. Okay. All nice. right. Final question. What is the name of the wild mushroom that is considered a delicacy and is often referred to as the diamond of the forest? I think it was Zach. Yeah, Zach was first. Yeah, it was definitely me because I started guessing before the question was asked. Stop stalling. Right. Say a word. <laughs> How dare you see through me? Five. The diamond of the forest four, is three, turkey tail. Two. The audience gets it. What? Oh. I was going to say that. I, I was going to say that. Stalling worked. Stalling worked. <laughs> I would have said that like... Immediately after uh, I had been recognized. It's too bad. Oh, that's so sad for you. 
Woo! Good job, audience. Good job, audience. Okay. Everyone knows the real diamond of the forest is the Liberty Cap. You know. Oh, so sorry, Zane. Oh, that's just a really rough loss for you. There needs to be some penalties if you put your hand up immediately when they start talking and then you don't know the answer. Spankings. <laughs> Did you, how, the what only way virtual I can win is by like hacking it. <laughs> <laughs> bravo, what? audience. Bravo, Zach. Good job. Instagram's awesome. gone. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll I'll get it back. Don't worry, okay, y'all. Cool. Y'all chat. Let let uh, Zane um, vent for a minute. Zane, yeah. what what other what, what was... issues do you have? <laughs> I've got a lot of problems with a few people. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by you people? Oh. Mm. Hang on, I'm Should we talk about Zane. magic mushrooms? Ooh. Go ahead. Or yeah. will that get us banned so, too, probably? It's probably. one of the 837 words for sure. Can't I'm say sure magic mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't say magic or mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely not both. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever hunted for them, Alden? Like you know, I don't trust myself enough to identify them. Yeah. I do not do that. Unless by hunting you mean asking people if they have something. Sure. <laughs> then I've hunted for I them. Will, I will like pick and eat my own chanterelles, but there's Chantrelle almost I have. no there's nothing that I could be mistaking it for, really. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, same with, with, very... same with uh, uh, turkey tails. Um, I, I go hunting for turkey tails, oyster, and lion's mane. Oyster, right. lion's mane are pretty easy. Uh, turkey tail I don't know as well. Dude, turkey tail is the easiest one. There are no, um, there are no mushrooms that like poisonous ones that you can mistake for a turkey tail. Like I'll all. find it. Well, there I'll is find a new false species. turkey tail. Perfect. Well, there's false yeah. turkey tail, but they're not, is. they're not poisonous. Is my point. Okay, cool, nice. Yeah, there's false turkey tail, but they don't do anything. It's just, it's just bland. Nothing. It just gives you farts. Mm. You know. <laughs> No, yeah. that would be that would be considered poisonous. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. If it upsets your stomach, so. it's considered yeah. poisonous. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of the thing. Um, I have one here called Old Man of the Woods, where it looks kind of gross. It's very black, and I mean it's just black and white, really, and it gets like all warty. But apparently, yeah. it's perfectly edible, but it will turn your food black. Interesting. So. There's a black, like really dark looking one that looks like a piece of like old couch sofa foam that was like you found glued to a tree and it's apparently really good. So Brian says, show me where mushrooms are on the food pyramid. And we all know the government defines what food is and is never wrong. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, this next one I uh, got specifically for um, Alden. Um, so I'm interested to see if you know about this conspiracy theory oh i know this guy i probably do then is this Perfect. uh ben carson or billy carson then all right well let's hit I'm play take a bathroom break black night satellite this object is still orbiting our planet oh, right yeah. now nasa it's on nasa's server it's called they call it space junk they don't know what it is it's been there the sts 88 mission did a flyby and caught a great hd image of this thing it's about estimated 15 tons it's in our orbit Oh yeah, it's okay. in our orbit. So it's not it's not far out. It's not outer space. It's... No, no, it's at Lagrange four, Lagrange point four, I believe. Okay. And it's orbiting out there, and uh, it's still there. 
they won't mess with it because it makes no sense to mess with it. you don't know what type of self-defense system or mechanism this thing may have but the reason why i think it's important based on what you were telling me about the gentleman is because i believe that this thing is watching us that's what the whole documentary is about and i have 20 incredible researchers in the document including quantum physicists in the documentary with me an astrophysicist i think it's watching us and i believe that it's using quantum entanglement to transmit everything in real time what's going on on earth back to home base at Boetis. And that this could be the grabby civilization that we're, you're talking about that is watching and making sure we don't get too crazy because they don't want us to be a threat. They talked about us being coming a threat in the Sumerian tablets. In the myth of Adapa, they talked about it. They talked about it in the Atrahasis epic. They talked about it in the epic of Gilgamesh. All these tablets, they talk about us potentially rising up and even superseding them uh, and, and, and making sure that we never found out that we don't need them. <clears throat> mm. I've definitely heard of this. All right. So what like what have you what do you know? Zane about left that? when we started getting into that. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's Zane perfect. Forever. Zane's ridiculous. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> this is like the watchtower satellite thing or whatever. And there's um, so oh, yeah, it's ex, ex, just because I knew nothing about this. Like I I've never heard of this before until I came across this um that video. So, I spend a lot longer in the weirder corners of the internet. Yeah. Yeah. So can you just give me like a brief overview more, a little more than what he talked Where, about? So they say that we've not like gone to it because, you know, we don't like need to or whatever, but I think it's, I think someone probably knows what it is or it's, it's possible that they know what it is and they don't want to go to it because they don't want, yeah. you know, footage of it or whatever. So but, do, you, do you think that like somebody, Oh, I can't hear you, Jake. Really? Again? How is that? Hear you? No. Oh. Alden, can you hear me? No. Nope. Can you hear Zane? Zane, talk. No Hello. sound. You're fine, Jake. It's Alden. Zane, say something. It, it's you. Uh, th that video was complete BS. Was it me? <laughs> yeah. I you. That's not at all how quantum physics works. I'm gonna have to leave and come back. Okay, so why was it why was it BS aside from you saying that's not how quantum physics works? <laughs> So uh, when I was gone, I still had my headphones in. So I heard you guys insulting me. So thank you for that. <laughs> I, I knew you'd, you'd still hear that. I did it on purpose. <laughs> but generally, whenever you hear somebody talking about quantum physics and they are not a PhD in physics, you should be very careful about listening to what they have to say. Because... People very often appeal to quantum physics because it's very philosophically interesting, even though they have no understanding of what it actually is. If you don't understand calculus, I do not trust you to understand quantum physics. <laughs> Fair. I got Fair. a B in calculus. <laughs> um, I don't know what that says. Okay, so so Alden, like, do you have a theory as to what it is? Like, is it something that we put up there? or the thing no the it's alien. too big for us to have well if you mean us like in modern humans then no it's too big for us to have put it there but so i wouldn't think you think it's been there longer than we've had the tech in order to put stuff oh it's place. it's most certainly been there longer than i feel like that it, with the size of it i feel like that's i don't know how they would sneak build something that size like the death star level you know operation out there like it's i it's an older you know, whether it's like, you know, rock or metal or I, I don't know, because we can't get like a, you know, a clear image of it. And I, I think that they don't want you to have a clear image of it. You know, it's weirder than that. That's in our orbit. Mm. The moon, honestly, the moon is 
really <laughs> strange in general. Just like the exactness of like we only see one face of it and it exactly eclipses the sun and like there's so many exact things about it. The size of it relative to our planet is the biggest moon of any any moon we've observed on any planet. So it's, what's it? What's as far as I know, at least in our solar system. Uh, again, with cheese? yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You beat me to it. It, I, it was this novel idea that I had, but uh, no people. Did you? Did you see the movie Moonfall? I feel like you would really like that movie. No, it's a horrible movie. <laughs> I did watch it. I kind of hate watched it, but some of the theories in it, I that they throw out, I think, are the kind of like CIA pre-programming stuff, where some of it might be true, some of it's wrong, you know, that kind of thing or whatever. Alden watched Moonfall as if it was a documentary. <laughs> it's a documentary. No, it's a it's a terrible movie. It's full of a bunch of propaganda BS in it. And there's a scene, and I think it's that movie where, okay, so like there's this trend in movies now where like you know the hero drives an electric car, like that's the thing, you know, and like, that's and right. yeah, um, and the villains all drive like diesel pickups, like that's the thing, like I don't know, and that movie is just full of all kinds of just like propaganda. I'm, ha for, I'm happy to be a villain in that movie. I'd be yeah that. yeah give me that real quick yeah I don't, i've never taken calculus and i would certainly fail it if i did but it sounded like they were saying that they use quantum entanglement to communicate which seems possible so maybe zane can um uh, make me feel stupid and tell me it's not but it's like the two slit experiment shows us that you know, whatever this crap is, an electron that's observed acts as a particle, but one that doesn't acts as a wave. So that's a way to transmit um, ones and zeros basically across any distance. You know, it's quantum computing. So that doesn't prove, honestly, that, you know, that there's a space station watching us, but a little right, nitpick so at uh, quantum entanglement. How dare you? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's not technically impossible so maybe i overstated a little bit but essentially what quantum entanglement is is that you can have two particles where they have certain properties that you don't know what they are until you observe them um, but what can happen is if you have two particles that are quantum entangled then by observing one of the particles and nailing down exactly what its properties are that also automatically gives you information about the properties of the other particle mm -hmm. uh, by the act of observing the first one. So technically, you can transmit information that way. And you could um, like vibrate yeah, particles or something in a binary way. Or yeah, something. And, and scientists have, you know, communicated, you know, tiny, tiny pieces of information, like one bit of information this way. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I guess it's not theoretically impossible, but it would it would be so unlikely that whenever I hear somebody positing a theory this outlandish and then they invoke quantum physics to explain away how this is actually perfectly reasonable, that you know makes that makes alarm bells go off in my head. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, yeah. Fair but enough. I feel like the the, the argument being made is that there's some civilization that might be like thousands of years or tens of thousands or a hundred thousand, a million years ahead of us that has this technology. Yeah. 
and we kind of see the beginnings of it. So we're not saying we understand how it works, but it's like, we kind of get it. There's this thing called quantum entanglement, and that seems to be something that we could latch on to and figure out a way to do light speed communication. Or a breakaway so, or civilization. Not even light speed, instant, actually. So yeah, I prefer I the know. theory. I feel like that's what's being said, but I agree with you, Zane, that this isn't happening, almost certainly. <laughs> I the prefer the theory. When, when you invoke ancient tech texts like the Epic of Gilgamesh or whatever, you know, the thing about ancient texts is that they're often talking about supernatural beings. And I'm not really convinced that you saying the Epic of Gilgamesh, that that definitely is specifically talking about a satellite up in a, a, a specific satellite up in space that's using so, quantum entanglement to communicate. I don't believe that the the way that there's like i don't know why but in the tablets that talk about like ancient like babylonian and like sumerian history there's a certain point from like you know their um most present point in civilization going back where everyone agrees that they're talking about history until a certain point and then they call it myth on the same tablature like on the same stories the same timelines when they're talking about kings and their rule and their windows because and they have to basically do this because the lifespan of the kings gets longer after a certain point and they're like oh humans can't live that long so it must be myth or whatever but that's the only difference across the timeline where they separate on the same basically in the same historic record all of a sudden it just becomes myth and well, lots US... of civilizations have this, like the the traditional yeah. genealogy of the Japanese emperors. If you trace it all the way back to the first one, it's a guy that almost certainly didn't actually exist, you know. Mm. And then it goes down and down until you get to people that you know probably did exist. And there are ways that historians and archaeologists can suss this out. And you know, maybe their messages are sometimes not the greatest or driven by an agenda. But I'm going to assertively state that if somebody is living for multiple centuries, that that probably didn't really happen. The okay. last thing I'll say on it for now, just because like <laughs> you guys are not the ones to talk to about this kind of stuff, is, but um, is that, and this will be like a, a I'll, I'll tie this in better when we do our like the 9 11 episode or whatever. But when we were in Iraq, the there's footage of this, by the way, too the army, the US military mm -hmm. went into multiple different sites like museums and, and took a bunch of, you know, tablature and like um, the cuneiform mm -hmm. uh, documented, you know, events and sculptures and things like that. And was like, oh, you know, to protect it or whatever. So it doesn't get damaged and never returned it, of course. Of course, no. And the site of uh, Gilgamesh was like, archeologists were saying that they think that they might've found the tomb of Gilgamesh. And this was in 2002. Well, we were still there, and I'm pretty sure the army uh, took over that site, too, which is just interesting. If they're interested in it, then they tend to be pretty logical thinkers and pragmatic as an institution, and I question why they are interested in it. Fair, fair. Um, I'm going to give a reminder to two of our regulars, Brian and Mac. 
Um, if y'all want to go over and subscribe to us on Rumble and join the comment section there, that's a because with far, what we're talking about, <laughs> far far better place to be um, than than YouTube. So and um, who knows yeah. how long we'll be on YouTube. <laughs> All right, Zach, let's uh, let's go listen to a little clip from Donald J. Trump. Or not. Or we can just stare at this guy. Yeah. Yeah, which I'm, I'm ha also happy with. Tonight, I'm also making another promise to protect Americans from government tyranny. As your president, I will never allow the creation of a central bank digital currency. You know about <laughs> I didn't know you know so much. I'm very, well, New Hampshire, very smart people. <laughs> very current. You know what? Such a currency would give a federal government our federal government the absolute control over your money they could take your money you would you wouldn't even know it was gone <laughs> it would be a dangerous threat to freedom and i will stop it from coming to a tonight i'm also making another promise to protect so he still got it i forgot how funny he is and how much i miss his figures of speech <laughs> his antics all right so first off on, on for face value that sounds great the question is, does he have the ability to stop it? And if he did, would he actually be like, would he actually stop it? I don't think it's about that as much as now you just got every liberal ever in favor of this instead of, you know, you know what I mean? Like you just by getting him to say it, I think it's more of just like a tactic to You're really on the reverse Trump train tonight. <laughs> Like whatever Trump no, I, does, you think the opposite. I don't I mean, care. Reaction. I'm just saying what the media is going to no, do. No, I know, like, I know, I know, I know. I get it. The media was already on this, and if you polled Democrats who had ever heard of that, I'm sure they'd all be in, all in favor of it because they're all in favor of whatever the Fed tells them. Exactly. Um, so I think that I mean I'm taking a much more white pilled perspective on this, which is that here Trump having that be part of his stump speech means that conservatives really care about it the in the correct way like the way that bad change usually happens is that there's a group of people that wants it really bad and then there's a group of people that kind of doesn't want it but doesn't really care or isn't very informed about it and when it happens they don't put up a fight because they have no idea what's going on the fact that he just got an entire that he felt the need to bring it up and everybody was cheering hmm. means that you know the the flag has gone up to the conservatives that this is something that needs to be opposed and like your average republican knows what a central bank digital currency is that is a huge win and much more important than your average democrat being in favor of it that's a really good perspective I, that didn't even cross my mind i have a question though what is white pill as a white, term white pill is like hopeful like this okay hope for the future i only know the like red pill term yeah red pill blue pill black pill right. white pill and black orange pill, fish, okay. two fish. Yeah. yeah exactly orange pill people say is bitcoin um but that one makes the least amount of sense the or other the other four make sense trump's face color pill but people misuse the these people miss it drives me nuts people I, I know the whole the, pill thing like yeah because i've heard rogan say red pill just talking about people joining the republican party and it just drives me see someone mentioned <laughs> the matrix in the comments and so when this was a first a thing it was about not just 
believing what you're told, you know what I mean? And like going down the rabbit hole and like looking deeper, it didn't necessarily have a, a political sort of like, you know, affiliation or association. And now it's just been sort of like hijacked, but it's yeah. frustrating. Yeah, no, it's very frustrating. Um, Brian says, take all the pills at once and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> the rainbow of pills. Steven also said, didn't he get some presidential control over the treasury during COVID? Is that true? I have no idea. Uh, I'm just here to be. talk about Space Watchtower. I don't know, Stephen. That seems like uh, what you should be on this show to discuss. <laughs> yeah, you should I be mean, here to tell us. Yeah. The funny thing about Trump saying that he's going to protect us from government tyranny is that he was the biggest enabler of government tyranny, probably at least in my lifetime. I'm not going to say that. that at, at, well, I mean, there's no excuse for him not firing Fauci immediately and giving cover to all the governors to declare states of emergency. So even if he wasn't the one personally exercising the tyranny, he could have stopped it but didn't. So at this point, you obviously can't trust Trump to do anything. You just need to derive entertainment and satisfaction from Trump saying stuff. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he is so funny to watch like do his speeches it, just the things that come out of his mouth are hilarious um so yeah you're right uh i don't yeah i i do like your thoughts on the fact that he felt like he needed to bring it up and that so many people started cheering for it in that moment because 10 years ago five years ago that would never have been something that anyone had any idea could possibly happen or if it did could happen no one had any idea like what that would actually mean so yeah it's very interesting i like that thought process i tend to think presidential candidates and presidents are just told what to say half the time and i'm not convinced that trump is like so much like outside of the system like he's kind of painted to be like this like outlier kind of like zany character that's just like oh he's gonna drain the swamp you know like i really think it's possible that he's kind of and like why he would keep Fauci on is like it's like it's part of the the plan you know I don't know how dare you how yeah. dare you not say Trump is his own man and he's gonna just destroy the system from within <laughs> he's our savior yeah who was that guy that was on here last or like two weeks ago that was like really like really oh in the comment section talking up trump or whatever yeah 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 there was like a guy goodness like, gracious a, a self-proclaimed pundit a pundit yeah <laughs> yeah which, i don't yeah if he's yeah. here i don't want to just but no he's not he's not ever going to watch this show again probably not um that was yeah that whole conversation he was, was pretty, pretty far up trump's ass honestly yeah yeah, the, the Trump, what what are they calling it? Trump like savior syndrome or Trump fanatic syndrome or whatever it is, is just as Trump real as Trump Jesus derangement syndrome. syndrome. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's it's too far on the other side. Yeah. Trump has secretly been president this whole time doing 5D chess behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're nailing it, Brian. Um, all right. I'm going to bring up our next topic, which actually falls very much in line with what we were just talking about. Um, which is JP Morgan CEO, Jamie Dimon, who has just been all over the map recently. He's been driving me up a wall, says Satoshi may erase Bitcoin supply limit backs tokenizing things you do with something, do something with. Um, There's so much wrong in one simple headline. So much wrong in one simple headline. So throughout this whole thing, basically. Can Jamie, you even do that? No. To no. Bitcoin? Yeah, yeah, that's what I 
Okay. Physically impossible. Okay. So he, he also spelled Satoshi wrong. Yeah. He, it's, 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 it's Satoshi. Satoshi, not Satoshi. <laughs> sounds like someone from like Brooklyn saying it or something. He also at one point um, said, uh, what is it? I don't care. So please just ta stop talking about this shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, he perfect. said he, he equated Bitcoin with the pet rock. Um, what yep um, in what way diamond referred to the second type of cryptocurrency as the one that does nothing um he said i defend your right to do bitcoin i don't want to tell you what to do it's a free country basically so he he's done some very sketchy things recently one of them was he told his everybody who worked at jp morgan that if they got involved at all with Bitcoin and he found out about it, they would be fired. Oh, yeah. that's And within the month, Bitcoin went down 24%, at which point his subsidiaries in Europe bought millions of dollars worth of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. um, so he's manip been manipulating the market, um, tr been trying to drive down Bitcoin so that he can buy it, while at the same time still talking crap about Bitcoin. So... He, he's just a jerk. He's just a twat. Um, yeah. And he, yeah, he drives me nuts. Um, so I don't know. What are your thoughts on it, Zane? Uh, you pretty much covered it. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the thing you can take from it is uh, don't listen to Jamie Dimon, buy more Bitcoin. <laughs> don't trust your banks. And don't trust your banks. Exactly. <laughs> Um, all right, let's get to the primary topic of the evening. I was hoping Shane would be here by now, but uh, he's not. And so we're going to get to it anyway. Javier Malay went to the World mm. Economic Forum. Um, this is the entire, the entire video of him speaking, which is 22 minutes long. We are not going to play this. I'm going to switch to a different clip and we're going to play that. But Elon Musk tweeted this out. It has over 40 million views at this point it's a 22 wow. minute long speech of him talking about how socialism is the death of the world and capitalism is the savior of the world um so it's a it's a fantastic lesson he nails it um you can watch it you can listen to it whatever but let's uh we're gonna go over to this one so this is klaus schwab last week anti-system movement what we are seeing is a revolution against the system so fixing the present system is not enough. Now there is, of course, a anti-system, which is called libertarianism, which means to tear down everything which creates some kind of influence of government into private lives. <laughs> it's demantling the system. Which sounds great. And then here's a, what is it? What is it that we mean when we talk about libertarianism? And let me quote the words of the greatest authority on freedom in Argentina, 
Professor Alberto Benegas Lech Jr., who says that libertarianism is the unrestricted respect for the life project of others based on the principle of non-aggression, in defense of the right to life, liberty, and property. Its fundamental institutions being private property, markets free from state intervention, free competition, the division of labor, and social cooperation, as part of which success is achieved only by serving others with goods of better quality or at a better price. In other words, capitalists, successful business people are social benefactors who, far from appropriating the wealth of others, contribute to the general well-being. So there you go. Um, I like what both of them are saying right there, actually. Um, we talked about Klaus Schwab's statement last week, um, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And uh, this week, it's Javier Malay literally talking the exact opposite of what everybody does at, at the World Economic Forum. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did anybody watch the whole video? No, Zach? not yet. No. Zach, did you watch the whole one yet? Oh, man. Yo, it's 22 minutes. I got to go watch it. It's so good. He's like perfect from beginning to end. Doing this show, it forces me to be so much more like up to date. I usually find things like two months after they happen. Gotcha. <laughs> I'll know who won the Super Bowl like, you know, next year. Like. No, the NFL already knows who won the Super Bowl, though. Ah, there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I see. Uh, no, oh, we're, not, we're not getting into the Super Bowl yet. We can get no, to yeah. that later on. Um, yeah, I thought you don't really see like. They, they invite tons of people to the World Economic Forum. And most of the time, um, if it's somebody who opposes generally what the WEF is about, they will tame them, tame their speech and to kind of temper it to not be so hostile against socialism and government intervention and all this stuff. He did not do that one single time. Um, and yeah, Stephen says he doesn't look like one to the whole pole punches. Video. Good night, yeah. Stephen. <laughs> Night, bud. I'm surprised that halfway through his speech, they didn't get out one of those shepherd's crooks and pull him off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, funny is like normally Klaus Schwab is up there in one of those chairs nearby. Yeah, um, he did not go up there for this one. Um, he so, didn't want a yeah. chainsaw to come out or something. Isn't Malay the one that like does the chainsaw thing sometimes, like yeah. at his <laughs> campaign rallies or whatever? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Is. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I there are so many people out there who think that uh, Javier Malay is some type of plant, that now he's going to uh, do things in favor of socialism or Ooh. further the agenda of the WEF and all this who crap. Who says that, really? Yeah, oh, there's tons I've not of heard people, that yet. Tons of people. Basically, people who are black-pilled and have no hope in the future. Okay. Um, and now I know I what you I mean by that. <laughs> I think I've heard Toad saying something like that. When he comes to the presidential debate, I need to ask him a question about why is he being such a stick in the mud about Malay? <laughs> you should you should definitely quote him like word for word, though. Find that quote. Find out where he said that. Um, yeah, I just find it extremely interesting that he went there and made this speech and that they allowed him to make this speech. See, if I'm, that is interesting that they allowed him to and they kind of like paved the way for that. If I'm more worried about anything, it's that he's going to get assassinated or something. I don't know. Like if my, you know, if I was to like go black pill or whatever, like I, I don't necessarily think he's a plant. It doesn't, he doesn't strike me as such. 
Well, um, I, I 100%. I mean, he's already gotten rid of many government institutions. A fuego. Is that the video? Where he was doing the... yeah. 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 Like you can't be a plant at, at the same time, destroying the thing that you're so, like supposedly. A That'd plant. be a really, yeah. Counterintuitive. Plant, like, I, I guess think. if they yeah. pop back up over the next couple of years while he's still in office, then maybe you could make the argument, but I've, I've literally seen nothing to insinuate or show that he is not who he says he is. Yeah. Um, because Zach Zach has done more research on him than anybody. He's been following him for years. Mm. He says like he is a like full on Austrian economist. Has been doing this for a very long time, um, and this is exactly what he believes. Yeah. Um, yeah. The WF just doesn't care. They're openly supervillains and don't mind if the common people know it. <laughs> yeah. Brian, you're crushing it tonight, man. You've had some great comments. Um, and yes, for a good. You know, supervillain. They need they need everyone to have hope. So that he's doing this to yeah. instill hope in people. So it means more when they crush us. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I don't know, Zane. Do you have any other thoughts on what he was saying and just the whole thing that's happening down in Argentina? No. Okay, <laughs> that was easy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was hoping to talk about that with Shane because. Uh, Grumpy, as Grumpy just said, Shane said something like that on his podcast where he thought oh, yeah. LA might be a plant. So I was hoping Shane would uh, be on tonight, but it'll be next week then. So I'm curious to see what Argentina does like as kind of like a case study here for the world. Yeah. Yes. If he gets that far, like I'd be really excited to see how it goes. I completely agree. Um yeah, and like like I said before, like we need to be rooting for him and doing whatever we can to make sure people know about him. And like he's, I don't know. So far, he's living up to to his word and doing exactly what he said he was going to do, or at least making strides in that direction. So yeah, bring him up at Thanksgiving. Your families will love it. <laughs> okay, um, I don't have any other big topics tonight. I have like a series of three or no five or six um varying topics and this is one of them bit of a game called werewolf no everyone oh, i just watched this it's either got villager written on it but two have the word werewolf someone runs the game to make sure no one's cheating and they go okay it's nighttime everyone close your eyes werewolves choose someone to kill and the werewolves go they say, okay, everyone close your eyes. It's morning time. Open them again. During the night, Francis was killed. There's then a conversation, and this is where it gets interesting, between all the villagers and the two werewolves over who the werewolves are. Then at the end of the day, the, the villagers have to decide who they're going to kill. And they say, well, we're going to kill Constantine. Mm -hmm. It's revealed by the person running the game, I'm afraid Constantine was a villager. And the game continues. Mm -hmm. The villagers win the game if they kill both werewolves. Mm -hmm. The werewolves win the game if they kill all but two villagers. And the werewolves usually win. The game was invented by a student of sociology in Russia who wanted to prove his thesis that an uninformed majority will always lose a battle of information against an informed minority. So that just shows when you have hidden information, you can completely manipulate a large group of people. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard? I just yeah, saw that. I oh, love, go ahead, Zane. I love that one. This is very similar to uh, Mafia. I'm That's pretty what, sure it's yeah. the same game, just with a different name. It is, essentially, and it, yeah. And it's an interesting premise where they're trying to layer in the like secret information and the informed minority versus the uninformed majority. Yeah. I think that part of the reason why it's so hard to win Mafia as, the, as a villager is just that 
just the sheer probability of if you're executing somebody at random yeah. every time, because honestly, it's probably really hard to actually figure out who the mafia or the werewolves are. I if was going to bring up the statistics. So, if you're just yeah. killing somebody at random every time, then really two people are dying every round because you're killing somebody and the 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 mafia is killing somebody too. I and liked it like, as it, a metaphor. It's, it's hard to, um, you know, it in the very likely scenario that you never get around to actually executing the person yeah. you're supposed to, it's very hard to win. I mean, it, it is a very good metaphor. I'm not sure I buy that that's the exact mechanism how it happens. But. Right. I, I, I do think it's a good, like, simple demonstration of if you have information and you're in the minority, you can yeah. make moves. Like, it might not be a perfect metaphor or perfect analogy, but it's it it has some um, validity to it, which I, which I find very interesting. I liked the metaphor, but I, I because I, I just understand like the statistics of it, like enough that I'm like, I, I feel like there, there are holes in it. And I, I, I think if you really were to like lean on this as your like whole case for like, aha, like, you know, I, I, yeah. I wouldn't do that because I, I, I do think the probability of it is just in favor of the mafia or the werewolves or whatever. Yeah, the it's kind of like. The... Oh, go go ahead. ahead. The other problem with the game Mafia is that I very rarely ever get to have an interesting role, so then I just get really bored because I'm a villager yeah. every time and I do nothing except yeah. Die yeah. At the end. I never like those games. I, yeah. I hate playing those games. Any game where you have to like act and like, I don't know. I just I hate those. Like we, my my family plays those at our family reunions, and I just really, hate it. yeah, I hate it so much. You'd rather play Settlers of Catan. Just give me Settlers of Catan where I can just straight lie to your face and destroy <laughs> you behind your back. <laughs> like, and just pillage you for all your sheep that you're worth. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't need to be acting. I can you just trade rate not say a thing. <laughs> Wait, how how exactly do you lie to people in Catan? Do you just pretend that you have resources that you actually don't or do and vice versa that you actually do? Yeah. It's bluffing essentially, like or just yeah. I yeah I I I'm nowhere near being able to get the longest road, even though and I then, have five bah, 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 bah. roads in my hand at that time. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. this this based on development card totally isn't the victory point. Exactly. Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going super nerd right now. I love it. Speaking of super nerd, do you know the the like another like a statistical thing that's kind of like similar to this, but like the um the intuition is not there for it. Like, so people tend not to, but I think that like on game shows where it's like, you know, you pick a door or whatever, and then, you know, it's like you narrow three doors down to two. They say you should always then, if you're given that second option to like pick again between the two that you should, because now it's a 50% chance as opposed to a 33% chance or whatever. Uh, Even though people get hall problem. Yeah. 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 Uh, the idea be so, like if if there are three doors, two of which have a goat behind it, the goat one of thing, which has yeah, a yeah. car. Obviously, right. you want to open the door with the car, but you can choose which door you want. Um, and then the host Monty Hall opens one of the other two doors that has a goat behind it. So now right. there are only two doors, one of which has a car, one of which has a goat. The probability that you pick the one with the car the first time. Is still the same as it was before, which is one right. out of three. Yeah. Which 
but now that there's only one other door it means that if you choose the if you switch to the other door when you have the opportunity to that actually has a two-thirds chance of it having the car behind it and not the goat the easiest way people really don't like that explanation because they think it's weird but the easiest way to think about this is imagine instead of three doors there are a hundred doors Right. Yeah. So Brian, oh, there you go. Brian's what going, I was yeah. gonna say, where you pick one door out of a hundred, and then Monty Hall opens ninety-eight doors with the goat, <laughs> and so now there's only one other door. That's left. a lot of goats. What's the chance that you really pick the one door with the car the yeah. first time versus he opened up every other door with the goat, and the only one that's left has the car? But the math is well, not the same, but similar and in, in the, 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 the function principle. is the same People yeah get, like i've seen the most heated arguments about this particular topic people get so furious about you should not change doors <laughs> like it doesn't but that's like an sense. emotional yeah thing. emotional because because if you this is i think why so we started with statistics but now we'll tie it in you know to something more like the um you know either just i guess the emotion of it or whatever it feels worse to have had it right if you yes. did pick it and learn that you moved yes. even if you have a better chance than to have stayed with it and then learn that it's the other one because it's an it's an inaction versus an action that you yes. took and you didn't quote have it you know in your mind you think yeah. you'd let it go like anyway why it's harder to lose why something can't people that you've had. apply that logic to government programs where it's yeah. easier to do nothing than to do something. So let's just do nothing about guns. But it kind of does apply to government programs because once it's in place, it's harder to let go of it. You know what I okay, mean? Yeah. Then so in this way, it does kind of like, yeah, in that way, but let's, let's, yeah. let's go, let's do it before the government. Program. Right, right, right. Yeah. This is always the problem. Yeah. Um, can we like do a way? Can, do we need the Patriot Act still? Like, can maybe we just get rid of that? Like, <laughs> Zach's uh, trying to log back on yet again. I wonder if he'll make it in the room this time. Um, all right, uh, Zane. Um, apologies. There's gonna be another <laughs> conspiracy thing. It's just it's one of those nights, man. <laughs> um, here we go. Okay, this is a bit creepy. Let me know what you guys think. So. Why does NASA have all these old school cars? My thoughts are they're cars without computers in them. Mm. All from the 1970s. They're preparing for an EMP blast. What's odd is they're not just old school NASA cars. Yeah, he goes on for a while. But yeah, found that. I haven't seen that. Super interesting. Uh, I'd actually believe that. Because if you are trying to prepare for an EMP blast, I'm not saying that's definitely what they are doing, but it would be a perfectly reasonable thing to have cars with no computers in them if you still want to be able to drive. Yeah. The thing is, like, the the possibility of an EMP blast is kind of in the popular consciousness, though. It's just we all choose to ignore it because of how terrible the consequences would be if it. Question. Really it's NASA, though, so. In the zeitgeist, in the sort of the population's mind, an EMP is most likely to come from a nuclear weapon, probably. But NASA has got all these cars that don't have computers. And my thinking of this is more that it's going to be a geomagnetic and solar event kind of That's what my uh, 
related. Yeah, and for as far as EMP type effects go. And so I think it's interesting that NASA is the institution that has this and not like just some other random, you know, government agency or something. Yeah, I agree. That, that, that was my thought, too. Like, I, I don't think they're preparing for an EMP blast. I think they're preparing for a solar flare. Of, or well, something. which would have an EMP effect, but it wouldn't right. be from the what we think of, again, as, as an EMP. attached. What's what's behind the EMP blast? Yeah. Yeah. I found that super interesting, which is why I would love to own a car from from the 70s. or. Prior. But you chose to buy a Tesla. No, we, we wrecked it. It's gone. No, I know. But you I didn't choose that... to buy anything. Oh, okay. That was okay. before I met Nick. Oh, that was hers? You inherited the Tesla, yeah. 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 Okay. No, yeah, because I, I would much rather have like an old Bronco 2 or something. Give me a, give me like a 1970s Ford truck. 1960s Ford truck. That's 19, like 72. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's a good year for trucks. That'd be great. No. I like the I Ford F-250. You can you can just put. Do you I, wait I, a minute, in it, man? <laughs> I have an Apple Play rant that came up this week. I am so frustrated with fucking Apple. Okay, <laughs> I had to. I never update my phone. I fucking hate it because every time I do, I've never been like, thank God I updated my phone. Now I have this new wonderful feature. No, there's You're some arbitrary thing. What's that? You're a luddite. Oh well, yeah, I'm a dinosaur. I'm a luddite, but so what no, I, feature did you lose this time? So okay, I, now Apple decided you can't choose an album or an artist while you're driving. I you can only choose music by genre. Why? It's the same pushing the same, and if they're like, oh, it's a safety <laughs> thing, so they don't want you distracted driving. You know how long I spent hitting the great owl <laughs> thing because I didn't know, and it used to work. Like that's more dangerous. I spent like an hour driving back from Atlanta, pushing buttons. <laughs> anyway, oh. and right. I, the only reason I had to update my phone is because Apple Wallet. It let me receive money from someone when I sold a desk or some stupid thing. And it was like, yeah, you can put that money in your wallet. And then I went to take it out of the wallet and put it in my bank account. And it's like, nope, you got to do an update to do that step. <laughs> Fucking Apple. Yeah. Just over do Bitcoin. It. Well, that's, I, yeah. But <laughs> a side part of this or whatever. But I still Bitcoin wanted to rant about how Apple this. sucks. <laughs> yeah. All right. I hate well, Apple. That's my Apple rant for I the mean, day. I, I'm not a, the biggest fan of Apple CarPlay, but it's it's getting better than it used to be. It used to be really freaking annoying, and now it's much better. Um, but anyway, uh, when we did trivia, we had that. Uh, good night, Grumpy. Night, Grumpy. He stayed just right. for my rant. He did. Um, <laughs> when we did trivia, we had that fungus section. Um, and uh -huh. This is what made me think of it was this this video. Um, so oh, there's yeah. a fungus among us. Yes, there is. This is the the network that it found the smartest hey app thing. how about that yeah. yeah mold and this slime mold is very very good at navigating through mazes and challenges uh, japanese uh, are so clever at this they designed a nutrient maze replicating tokyo in the japanese subway system put it oats which is a nutritional source they can agar map the main oat was where tokyo was they inoculated it then they let the slime mold grow and first it grew out randomly. After 28 hours, it reorganized itself in the most efficient way possible and reorganized the Japanese subway system in a more efficient manner than it's designed today. Thus, this is a demonstration <laughs> of cellular intelligence. Whoa. 
there's a <laughs> so cool. Yeah, I mean, freaking neat. And I actually found some slime mold in the while I was mushroom hunting the other day, which was pretty cool. It was in your pants. <laughs> Ew. Sure. Yeah, we'll say that. Um, man, I I just thought that was really really cool that that was like an experiment they did yeah. like test out to see what would the best solution be for our public transportation system um and they use that mold to the efficiency yeah of it yeah that's awesome zane zane is unimpressed and almost laughing I, at us right now no zane's I'm like not. i could think of a better route yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i think that this is really awesome i'm just thinking here Imagining how much better the Soviet Union would have fared had they thrown out their central planning boards and replaced it with a slime mold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I didn't have much to say about it. I just thought it was really cool. No, that's fascinating. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know. I think mold and fungus and mycelium and mushrooms are all extremely misunderstood. Um, yeah, because so many people I talk to when I say like, yeah, I, you know, I'll find mushrooms in the woods and me and my wife will eat them or turn them into a tea They're The the quote they always come back with is like their parents told them, do not ever eat a mushroom. <laughs> well, when you're a kid and you don't know what's what and you see the the red and white pretty one, you know. Well, yeah, but it's still you... better to just teach a kid what's right and what's wrong. There you go. That's yeah, I agree correct. with that, though. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Unless it's a two-year-old. Then it's like, don't put that in your mouth. Yeah, well. I still think it's better to just err on the side of like... If you're two, then maybe. Yeah. But as they get older, yeah. how about you learn about what's actually... like? Yeah, I do agree, though, yeah. Yeah. I taught my little niece. We go mushroom hunting all together all the time. Anytime she comes over, she wants to. It doesn't matter nice. what the season is. Nice. Half the time I had to explain to her, it's like, well, they're not out right now. Yeah. <laughs> but then like, we'll just be walking around and she'll see a mushroom and be like, don't eat that one. We don't know what it is. But yeah, that's exactly that's right. Theory, don't eat yeah. ones you don't know what it is. That's the, see, like, that's a good rule. Don't eat the ones you don't know what it is because like, but you have to make sure they're at an age where like they can know what it is and can't identify yeah, it. Yeah, but, but you, you, you it's not only identifying it like there we like nikki has this whole process on like there's multiple different ways to confirm what mushroom it is and mm -hmm. so like depending on the spore print the color of the spore print like the gills the like, the gills yeah. all sorts the of gills. stuff yeah that's what's underneath the the Some of them. cap or it's whatever like oyster oyster mushrooms have gills um tiger turkey tails have what the classic just like portobello yeah. has tons of gills like all yeah. in it. Yeah. Which on a I have two notes about portobello. One is when you're cooking portobello mushrooms, if you're gonna grill it, you scrape the gills out because they're full of water and they make it all soggy or whatever. So you carve out the gills and then it cooks beautifully. So for anyone that's not doing that, it's worth taking a spoon and just rubbing it out and you it'll just, grill a lot better. You just changed my life. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I telling need, you. I need to do change. that with the oyster mushrooms because they're just a soggy mess. If they're going like, yeah, if you're going to put them in a soup, it doesn't matter because it's all going to take on water anyway. But if you're going to grill it or something like that yeah. or fry it in the pan, like yeah. then the gills have so much water content in them. It ruins That's exactly it. what happened the last three times I cooked oysters. It's I, yep. turned into a watery mess. It's because they stew instead of fry like they because they start yeah. in a steam bath and they get all mushy. Hmm. Yeah. So take the gills out. 
The other thing is on Portobello specifically, that same guy, uh, was it Paul Stamets or whatever his name Paul was Stamets, that we, yeah. um, he was in that same interview. Joe Rogan asked him something about Portobello mushrooms and he went like all stone cold. Have you seen this? Like where he wouldn't answer. Yeah. And he was like, there's a few things that if you ask me, I'm not going to answer. And he's like, I get too much heat about it. I think magic mushroom kind of questions where he was a little weird about. Yeah. And, but Portobello, he apparently is like, he was like, I don't want to talk about Portobello because it's like, it's the mushroom that everyone eats. And I, I think that there's something that he finds not that nutritional about it or whatever, but. Well, or it could be that there's, it's a, you're able to make explosives out of it. Out of Portobello mushrooms. Uh, that's the theory I've heard is that there really? may be some chemical in there you could distill down and make high explosives. Oh, okay. But so I don't know. I'm not the talks expert about like he is. His yeah. lab getting the Black Hawk helicopters like hovering over his lab before and everyone had to like leave work and scatter and all of that. And he's had some weird wow. weird stories, but yeah. Our next aid package to Ukraine should just be fifty million dollars worth of portobellos. <laughs> <laughs> Max liking your uh your mushroom talk, man. Oh yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, go watch his thing on it. Like, I think he's got two now. He's got another one with Rogan that I still need to watch. But oh, he has two now. Imagine being such so. a baller about mushrooms that you get to go on Rogan twice right. with a mushroom hat the first time. That was like a, a fungus. He, that's all hat. he ever wears. But the second one, I don't think he's wearing it. That's why I saw a clip of it and he wasn't wearing it. And I think that that's how I just like guessed he had a second one. But interesting, because he wasn't right. wearing the hat. Well, y'all, we're to the funny stage of the night. Um, I only have three videos. Um, they're all funny, just so you know. Just okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. Here's the first one. Uh, let me, man, damn it. It uh, got way too big. No. <laughs> it, it's, so let's see it then. It's freaking huge. That's better. Okay. There you go. Oh, man. Just watch the cow. Yeah. Cow's moving. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We got to watch that one again. That. <laughs> that cow had no sense of where it was. Man. <laughs> I hope it's I'm, okay. This is the <laughs> origin of the story the cow jumped over the moon someone watched the cow do this like, it's not that's crazy oh my gosh i thought that was wild they should check it for mad cow disease seriously all right this is a, this is a much shorter one <laughs> insult to injury <laughs> Oh, man, I thought that one was so daggum funny. All right, the final one of the evening. Here we go. Nurse on deathbed claims she swapped more than 5,000 babies. This is like my greatest fear. <laughs> Nurse on deathbed claims she swapped more than 5,000 babies. That went a totally different way than I thought. Amanda! Nurse. <laughs> so good. So freaking good. That was great. Oh my gosh. If right, you had so. twins, yeah. Be honest. Not fraternal twins, identical twins. Yeah. Would you be afraid that you would mix them up? Like, and does it matter? You know what I mean? Like, 
I don't know. Uh, yes, I'd be afraid of that. And no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but if it doesn't matter, then you shouldn't be afraid of it. Paradox. I'm afraid of plenty yeah. of things that don't matter. Irrational I have a brother fear. seven years older than me, and my mom still makes this up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, Alden. I'm afraid of like the Cowboys making the playoffs again, and that doesn't. Oh matter. man, did your heart get broken like mine? Yeah, your heart was always going to get broken. The Steelers yeah. suck. Yeah, they're terrible. The, the Cowboys. I don't know how they got in. Freaking twelve and four. Who uh, let them in? Twelve and five. Whatever we were. I mean, what a joke of a freaking. Oh my gosh. Do they was it like 48 points or something stacked it was against them? Or? It was 27 to nothing with one second left in the first half. Oof. Then we scored a touchdown. It was that's brutal. It's just Dak Prescott. That, that he was never gonna win a Super Bowl. I've said this a million times. It was, it's he's so bad. He's he's the new Tony Romo. He just chokes in the biggest moments and has the giant contract for no freaking reason. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but your Steelers lost. The only the only solace I got was that the Eagles got walloped by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield, which was awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've been doing all right. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, we got anything else we need to talk about, Zach, before uh, before we cut out? No, I think we're all good. Just come <clears throat> see us at convention next week. Yeah, next week, y'all. We'll do one more Liberty Libations before, next, before the convention, um, but it'll be one day prior. Um, so get your tickets now spike you can go shoot guns with spike cohen and chase oliver on friday a week from tomorrow from 10 to 2 go get your tickets um, i think there are two remaining um you can go have dinner with spike that same evening at at the convention location um and then the next day we have tons of great speakers we're gonna have lots of people there it's gonna be a really good time so um get your tickets 75 bucks for the whole weekend it's gonna be awesome um yeah, that'll do it. Didn't have a free George podcast this week. Couldn't, uh, didn't get coordinated with the guest in time. Um, so we'll do that next week and uh, hope maybe we'll stack up two at some point in the near future to make up for that one. So that'll do it for tonight, y'all. Alden, Zane, Zach, thanks for, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Peace. <laughs>